So what was that? The Cardinals bats go cold against the Reds? Is this the end of the road for Dakota Hudson in the Cardinals bullpen? And we take a visit to the Miners for this week's farm report, which included a huge day for one prospect on Sunday. All on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. It is J.D. Haffern. I am a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou, a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I am your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. This is a show serving card donation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, where should we start today? What do you guys think? Obviously, we got to talk about last night's fiasco. Things didn't quite go the way that we thought they would. I mean, let's t- baseball, man. You got to take the good with the bad in the sport of baseball. When you play this many games in a season, you're bound to have a few that just plain out stink. And that's what we got on Tuesday night at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Cardinals coming off of an offensive ambush of the Reds on Monday night, where they scored 13 runs on 14 hits, including Four home runs. Last night, they could only muster four total hits. The bat somehow went frosty the snowman cold against the starting pitcher who had an ERA over five coming into the contest. Dakota Hudson, who pitched so well in Chicago just a few days ago, was making a bid to remain a part of this rotation moving forward, where the idea of even expanding to a six-man rotation has been teased by manager Ali Marmel. He's talked about it. He's saying, hey, Dakota, you do good. Why not go six? That way we can get some of these guys like a Michaelis, a Wainwright who have been there the whole year, get them some rest. Well, let's take a look at what we have here from uh, yesterday's very disappointing 5-1 to one loss. The boys face Reds right-hander Justin Dunn who was 1-2 and two coming into the game, and he got the boys to go 1-2-3 in the first inning. And in the bottom half, we get a leadoff walk on five pitches from Hudson to Jonathan India, which is cringeworthy. You know how I hate walks. Leadoff walks are even worse. But Hudson rebounds. He punches out the next hitter on strikes. Then he gets another beauty, another amazing play from one Nolan Arenado. Kyle Farmer pulls one down the line that hits the third base bag, and then it pops up. Arenado... No big deal. Just backhands it, fires a second for one, safe at first for Farmer, but another amazing play that he makes look so easy. He just doesn't panic. He's smooth. He reacts appropriately. On target throw to second base. He's he's just phenomenal. If any of you have kids or you are a kid and you're you're playing the game of baseball right now, if there's any infielder I want you to watch, it's Nolan Arenado. He's that good. He's incredible. 
Uh, Hudson strikes out the next guy. So no damage done. But I, I wanted to highlight that play by Nolan because it was special. Because hitting the base and then having to react like that, that's crazy. Uh, second inning with two outs, Boo Holes gets hit by a pitch. Uh, Dickerson continues his tour in August in singles, but Yachty continues his frigid month and flies out to strand them. Top of the third, Tommy Tank shot. Edmund unleashes the Fury again to lead off the inning, smoking a 3-1 fastball into the right field moon deck area to give the cards a 1-0 lead. Tommy's 11th of the year and third in the last two weeks, and this, this was a no-doubter off the bat of Edmund, traveling 427 feet. Not sure if he's just swinging harder recently, kind of like Corey Dickerson's been doing, but Tommy's been showing some extra pop recently, that's for sure. Bottom of the third is when Hudson gets into trouble, gives up a leadoff single to Lopez, and then former Cardinal catcher Austin Romine steps into the box. And we all learned during his time with the Cardinals this year that Romine is not a very good hitter. He's a veteran, defensive-minded catcher. That's his role. That's what he's good at. Hitting, not so much. 11 games with St. Louis, he hit a whopping 154 with zero home runs and zero RBIs. Not exactly a threat up there at the plate. But on this night, the baseball gods shined upon him and decided Austin Romine deserves some love. So he smacks a 2-2 slider that wasn't even a bad pitch. Credit to Hudson on this one. That's exactly where he wanted to put it. Low and away, the very edge of the strike zone. It was a great pitch. And Romine just takes it that way. Hits it over the right center field wall. Two-run shot. Just, you got to shake your head at it and go, hey, things happen. <laughs> if Austin Romine is hitting home runs off of you, though, maybe it's just not going to be your night, Cardinals. Makes the score two to one Reds. And then the Reds just start finding holes. Next hitter, India, singles to center. Jake Fraley pokes one down the line in left field that just tails away from Dickerson, lands just inside the foul line, RBI double, three to one. Farmer then chops one to the second base area that just sneaks through into the outfield. Not hit hard whatsoever. Scores Fraley, it's four to one. Again, none of these balls, besides the Romine home run, were hit all that hard. They just found openings. It happens. And if I had a complaint for Hudson on this stuff, it was the fact that he was just missing over the plate. On the balls that the Reds put into play, he was simply getting too much of the plate and give the Reds hitter, hitter some credit. Just give them some credit, man. They took advantage. They put the ball in play and it found holes. That's why striking out is such a, mm, for me, because so many things can happen if you just put the ball in play. But if you strike out, you don't get a chance for things to happen, like the ball hitting third base, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Uh, the same thing happened to Miles Michaelis the night before. Early on, he's hitting corners, but when he missed over the plate, the Reds ripped him for three home runs, and um, that would be the end of you. So uh, three runs is what the lead is at Great American Ballpark. So hardly a safe lead for the Reds here, right? We go to the top of four. Leadoff single by Arenado brings in Tyler O'Neill, who rips one to shortstop. Six, four, three, double play. On the speedy O'Neill. It's not easy to turn two on him. That's how hard he hit the ball, and that's how quick they turned it. Albert pops out. Innings over. Fast forward to the top of the fifth. The Reds have to change pitchers. Justin Dunn, who was throwing well, developed some tightness in his throwing shoulder. So the Reds bring in... Derek Law. Who? Who is this guy? Derek Law? 32-year-old veteran. He was at AAA. The team had designated Ross Detweiler, who the night before 
gave up the Pujols home run and uh, they designated him for assignment. Uh, so Law is in. Gets the cards one, two, three. Bottom of the fifth, more trouble for Hudson. Three straight singles to start the inning, including a lucky one by Farmer. I mentioned it, puts it in play, taps it down the third baseline. Again, it hits the base the second time. It's hit the third base bag. Arnato can't corral it this time around. He's only human. Again, it was just one of those days at the ballpark, man. Bases loaded, nobody out. Hudson gets the ground ball to short for the double play, but another run scores. Five to one Reds. And that's when Ali came and got him. Jake Woodford comes in to finish the inning and inevitably the game, as the rest of this one was, to be blunt, pretty darn boring. Kind of a snooze fest. The Cardinals get just one more hit. One hit. The rest of the way, the Reds just two. Final score, Reds five, Cardinals one. A pretty uninspiring performance from the team on the offensive side. Just one run on four hits against a, a lot of dudes that most people have never even heard of. And I'm one of them. And in one of the most hitter-friendly ballparks in the league. And this seems to be a bit of a trend recently against these lesser teams. Twice against the Cubs, the team looked just hollow at the plate. A lot of uncharacteristic things in this one. Newbar 0 for 4, no walks. Donovan 1 for 4, but 3 strikeouts. Goldie 0 for 3, 2 strikeouts. The only real consistent thing that happened, and I hate pointing this out, is Molina goes 0 for 3. Now on the season, it's hitting 200. He's about to fall under what they call the Mendoza line. He's 0 for his last 13 and just 3 for his last 28, which is a 107 batting average. And I hate watching it. I hate seeing him struggle. It is a miserable experience as a fan of his, and I can't even imagine how much it's bothering him right now. Hopefully it doesn't impact what he does behind the plate at all because he's still elite behind the dish, but, but there's no offense coming from him anymore. While Kisner, got to give him credit, got to admit it, Hitting much better, 313 over his last 40 plate appearances. Another inconsistent start by Hudson from the pitching standpoint. So um, is this it for Hudson? That's the question. Is that it? Is that it? Has he has he run out of chances? We'll get into that next on Locked On Cardinals. First, though, let's talk about Bet Online. BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, podcasts, including this year's opening week games. Let's see. What I, let me do the math in my head. I think we're eight days away from opening day in the National Football League. Exciting times, right? Even though it's the Rams who get to open it up. I know we still have some Rams fans in St. Louis because it's not the team's fault that their owner sucked and took them to L.A., but at the same time, mm, Rams. Anyway, bet online. Also, your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf. You got the tennis going on right now, US Open. All you got to do is head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Maybe put some money on the Cardinals tonight against the Reds. I'm going to tell you why that might be a good idea tonight a little bit later. But bet online. Make sure you stop by. It's where the game starts. So Dakota Hudson, final line last night. Four and two-thirds, five runs, nine hits, one walk, two strikeouts, and the one home run by Austin Romine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cannot laugh at it. The dude is not a good hitter. and. It, it, he got lucky. 
but hardly the start you were looking for after what Hudson did his last time out against the Cubs when he threw seven innings, allowed just two runs on five hits, which was a fantastic guy. And even in the moments of that game, he did struggle, but he, he battled through and was able to get through it all and, and had a great game. But this should have been expected, right? Like we shouldn't have been thinking that Hudson was going to come out and be really good again. This whole season, it's been up and down, up and down for him. Again, he's coming off of Tommy John surgery. So I don't think anyone expected him to come out and be the ace of the staff by any means. Even at full strength before he even got hurt, that really wasn't going to be his thing, okay? He's he's a number three in a rotation at best, but destined for the back of the rotation work. So a four and a five. But what you were really hoping for is to finally get some consistency. And maybe he's just tired. Could be a thing too. Coming off surgery, not pitching last year. It's to be expected, right? But the consistency never happened. So just from June up until now, this was the amount of runs he gave up in each start. One, one, six, two, five, three. That's the month of June. It's not so bad other than that six and that five. July, six, zero, four, two. And then in August, it's a three, two, four, two, five. And you're like, dude, well, that doesn't sound so horrible. But here's where the problem comes. It's his innings. The innings is really bad here. Started off June really, really well. He had three straight games of pitching seven innings. But then we go five innings, four and a third, five, four, six, six and two thirds, four and a third, four, five, four and a third, seven. That was that last one against the Cubs. And then last night, four and two thirds. You see where that's a problem? It's not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. It's um, it's bad for the bullpen. It just wears everybody out. Uh, 24 starts this year. He's seven and seven with an ERA of 4.43. But since July, he's just one and two. His ERA, 5.45. <clears throat> and for a playoff team with World Series aspirations, it's got to be better than that. Now, Hudson is still 27, all right? He's not some washed-up veteran, and it's over. He can come back next year, be consistent. Clearly, he's got stuff that gets Major League hitters out. His sinker can be phenomenal when he can throw it accurately. But in my opinion, it's time to turn the page this season. I, I, I don't want him out there anymore. You've got Jack Flaherty making what we assume will be his final rehab start at Springfield tonight. He's going to be throwing with uh, no limits and targeting September 5th as his return to the rotation date. Now, if something happens there and Flaherty can't go, he's not ready, gets hurt again, heaven forbid, then it's got to be Jake Whitford. It's got to be his job moving forward, right? Derek Gould from the Post-Dispatch uh, wrote a piece that went up today about what Woodford's future is, and uh, Ali Marmel said this about him in the article. Quote, I see Woody a couple of different ways. He can still provide you length if your starter doesn't do their job early, <clears throat> Hudson. Uh, but he can also be a down one run, two run guy, and give you two to get you and keep you in the game. On nights that Palante is down, I think Woody can clearly fill that role. The frustrations with Hudson, they're warranted. All right? And I get them all the time. I get the, the comments and I get the tweets and everything. People are fed up with the Cardinals giving Hudson chances this year. I, I don't want to hit the abort button and eject him from this team or anything like that. I just think at this point, 
in the season. We're going to be in September tomorrow. That you can't waste these starts and have something backfire with Hudson on the mound. He goes three innings or four innings, and then you've got to use like three different pitchers to get through it. I don't want to see that anymore. And just about every person who's contacted me doesn't want to see it either. And they say it in um, very powerful ways in these comments and stuff. And I get it. I get your frustration. So um, we'll have to wait and see what, what, what goes on with Flaherty. All right. If he does good tonight, September 5th, that'll be the date, I think. And then you'll have Jack Flaherty in the rotation. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Woodford can be uh, another long guy with Palante out of the bullpen. Or if they do decide to go to that six-man rotation, Woodford can make the spot start like they have that doubleheader coming up. That could be his game. But we'll have to wait and see who claims that fifth spot the next time it comes around. It's going to you know, be up to, to Ollie and everybody to decide who they think deserves it. All right, let's turn our attention to the uh, minor leagues. How about we do that for a moment here? Our weekly farm report, obviously the big news, as I mentioned over and over just a moment ago, Jack Flaherty making his start tonight, so we hope good things there. And I believe, by the way, that game is free tonight on MLB.tv if you want to watch it. So maybe you could bring uh, Jack some good luck tonight by tuning in. Uh, top prospect, Jordan Walker. We always start with him because he's awesome. He's at AA Springfield still last week, uh, six for 22 one home run, three RBIs, uh, his line on the season right now, 307, 17 home runs, and 58 RBIs. Number two prospect, Mason Wynn, the shortstop. I was getting comments from people yesterday. Who said, we want Mason Wynn up. Well, that's not going to happen this year, but I don't know. Maybe he makes, makes it out of camp next year. We'll see. But anyway, he's at AA Springfield still. Uh, three straight games where he recorded two hits in each of them. He had seven hits overall this week in 20 at-bats, hitting one home run. He drove in six. He swiped a bag, now hitting 261 since he's been called up to double-A. Has 11 home runs, 43 RBIs, and 22 stolen bases. So uh, good stuff there. Uh, number four prospect, let's go to Matthew Libertor. He's at AAA Memphis, pitched last night, actually, through six innings, allowing one run, five fits, added six punchies there. So uh, a nice start for him. He's another guy. He's got kind of that Hudson thing going on where – Really good one day, and then he crashes the next one. So you're looking for consistency out of Libertor as well. Uh, number five prospect, Alex Bur Alec Burleson, uh, AAA Memphis is where he's at. Big day last Wednesday. He went three for four with two ribbies and three runs score. Rest of the week kind of quiet, five for 17, three RBIs total, no dingers. Uh, but he's had a good season and possibly gets called up at some point, maybe in September, but I don't know. There's really not a lot of room for him in the outfield right now. How about a guy we haven't really talked about on this podcast much? The number six prospect for the Cardinals, Tink Hintz, the pitcher. All right, so he's at Palm Beach. That's A-ball. And uh, he threw last Wednesday four innings, zero runs, three hits, four punches. On the season, he's 0-1, but you're going to like these stats. You guys ready? Oh, it's good. 1.62 ERA, 71 strikeouts in 44 and a third. Only 12 walks. I like it. And he's got a cool name, Tink Hintz. That's fun. So he'll be moving on up at, at some point, I'm sure, whether he makes it to double A this year. I don't know. There's really no need to rush him or anything, but clearly he's got uh, stuff and is dominating at Palm Beach. Uh, quick shout out to LJ Jones. Hi, A Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to Peoria, Illinois, by the way. I used to work there for a while. Rocking the Mudvayne shirt today, who was from uh, Peoria, 
Illinois, one of my favorite metal bands. Um, LJ Jones at Peoria, not a top 30 prospect, so don't freak out, but had a hell of a day on Sunday. He homered, doubled three times, and drove in eight runs in a rain-shortened game. They won it 14-1 to one over Beloit. Uh, the doubles and RBI set career highs for the 2025th round draft pick. Eight RBIs tied a Chiefs singles game record, and uh, Jones has now driven in a total of 57 runs in 91 games this season. So, LJ Jones, a boy. Way to have a game. Uh, the big club will finish things up in Cincinnati tonight before heading back home. You've got two lefties starting with Jose Quintana on the bump for the good guys against Mike Miner for the red legs. Now we were talking about bet online earlier and why I think you should put money on the Cardinals tonight because Mike Miner has just been thrashed by the Cardinals in his career. And I expect a lot of offense in this one for the Cardinals because not only do I think they feel pretty silly about not showing up last night. I think they're going to come out clobbering tonight against the lefty who they've beat up on a lot over the years, including his last outing against them in July. They torched him for five runs on eight hits, two home runs, and just four innings of work. That was the same game that, uh, unfortunately, Stephen Matz got hurt, but it was at Great American Ballpark last time in July. Do it again, boys. Do it again. Just unleash the fury, as I like to call it. No mercy. First pitch tonight, 540. St. Louis time. Thanks again for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. I mentioned we're only eight days away from that first game. It'll be the Rams and Bills. Uh, the local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate. NFL preview. I'm hoping for good things for my Green Bay Packers this year. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. The numbers continue to climb. You guys, you guys rock, man. Keep it up. Um, follow on Twitter, LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You guys are the best fans in baseball for a reason. And I will see you next time right here on Locked on Cardinals. 